Good morning. Very, very nice to see you this morning. Uh, I've heard a lot about you and uh, listened to your progress with great joy. It's just so good to hear about the Lord Jesus building his church and, and what a privilege to be part of it. Um, we live in Cardiff. Uh, I, I work with an organization called Waleswide, which looks to plant churches, strengthen churches, and train people to do the job. So we're kind of doing that kind of thing all, all over in Welsh language and English language and the north and the south and everywhere in between, really. Um, and uh, the, the need is very, very great that, uh, that church attendance and the numbers of those that know the Lord and trust the Lord is falling like a brick. And uh, a lot of that is because there has been a, a kind of tradition of what church or chapel, chapelianity, um, and, uh, and just what it is to be a Christian, which is so far wide of the mark. I mean, God doesn't get a look in, really. And uh, that just that sense, you read the New Testament, of God being among a people and just working marvelously through their difficulty and, and, and just transforming, that we've gone from that to a kind of religion where you just do the same thing all the time and it's just got death in it all. Um, and so that's just dying away. The tragedy is that a hundred years ago or so, that it went from what I was vibrant to what was just form. And uh, it's always a danger for us, isn't it? Because we can all do the motions. We, we can all do church um, and we just need to do God. So that, that, that's, that's what I do. And uh, one of the things that's come out of that and, uh, is just the idea, well, you know, it's terrible. But one day God will come, and there'll be another revival. And uh, Evan Roberts and uh, and his crew, that uh, one of the and we just have to ho- just have to sit tight. Uh, and one day the Spirit of God will come, and everything will be wonderful. And uh, and we we wait for that to happen, uh, particularly in Wales, but I suspect in England too that uh, we're just waiting for the Big Bang, that, uh, that, that a number of things kind of come along and we get all excited and this is the latest thing. And uh, sometimes it's in America and we all get in our, on our aeroplanes and we fly over and we think, oh, bring some of this back. And uh, the promise rises and, and uh, it just kind of dissipates again and uh, leaves us thinking, well, I, you know, it's always tomorrow. I, I, I don't want God tomorrow. I want God in my face today. I, 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 you know, that's not to say that God won't revive in spectacular ways. He's done it before and please will he do it again. But we, that, is, that, is that the work of the Spirit? Now, I'm going to start this morning at the end of Luke's Gospel. You're going to have to jump from one book to another. But uh, if, if you could just turn right to the end of Luke's Gospel, that's chapter 24, and uh, I'm just going to kind of jump in somewhere. So this is right at the end. Luke has described the life and mini- birth, life and ministry of Jesus. He's described the, the crucifixion, and uh, he's described the resurrection, 
and given aspects and details of it that the others didn't add. Um, and uh, and he, he's then appearing to the disciples. That's the heading while they were still talking about this. Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And they were startled and frightened, thinking that they saw a ghost. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look, my hands and my feet. It's myself. Touch me and see. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did, did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. And he said to them, this is what I, I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that was written about me in the law and the pro of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. And then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. Don't you wish you could have been there? What a meeting. And he told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And while he said this to them, he led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them. And was taken up into heaven. And then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually in the temple praising God. Thus ends the first book. But that wasn't the only book that Luke wrote. And so if you then flip over to the Acts of the Apostles. He, he's just, he just picks up where he left off. Don't read the Acts of the Apostles if it wasn't connected to the, the Gospel of Luke. Because the one that wrote the one rose the other. And therefore, he begins Luke, the, the Acts of the Apostles, Luke begins the Acts of the Apostles, just referring back. And he says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote all that Jesus began to do and to teach. So that, that, there's a continuum here. Don't, don't separate them. Until the day he was taken up to heaven. And after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. And after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when they had met together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's fascinating to me that the disciples were on one page and Jesus was on another. And uh, he starts to talk and they're just going down the line of their, you know, they're into eschatology. They're saying, Lord, are you, are you going to do the political stuff now? Are you going to transform the community now? Are you going to kick the Romans out now? And he completely ignores the question. 
Right? Well, are you at this time going to... And he doesn't, he doesn't even flicker. He goes straight back to what he was talking about, about the Spirit coming. That uh, That's how he finished at the end of, of Luke's Gospel. He then starts to pick it up again, and he totally ignores their kind of theoretical, well, you know, what... What are the political developments going to be? Just blanks them. It's almost rude that they ask this reasonable question and it just takes absolutely no notice and goes back to the big deal. The Spirit of God is going to come to do the business. That's what matters. And uh, right at the end of Luke, then in, uh, in, in verse 5, and then back in verse 8. And I, I don't know kind of whether this excites you or depresses you. You know, this, this, the people reading Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. And, uh, you know, it depends how many times you've been around, around, around the merry-go-round, really, I suppose. Because it, it, the, the, the whole theme can, if we're not careful, be one of those fads. And uh, it, it took this form then, and it's like it's a bit like conquer season. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and uh, people, oh, God, and then we get we get distracted and go off onto something else. And uh, we, we, you know, we've got to wait for the goosebumps, or um, you know, the flash of lights, or or falling over, or all kinds of things which are associated with this. And because uh, he's talking about a baptism in the spirit. He is talking about the Spirit of God coming on us. I mean, the, let me remind you, the Spirit of God is the third person of the Trinity. The, this is, this is Jesus' other half, as he's called. The, the, this is the very glory of God that used to come down in the temple and everybody had to back off. And here Jesus is saying that this, this same spirit is going to come and he's going, you're going to be baptized. Now, the, I, baptizing in water, as long as you keep your mouth open, just kind of wets on the outside. But the, the word baptizo was a word that was used more in a permeating way. It's like a sponge. You put a sponge in a bucket of water and, and the water is, the sponge is in the water. But the water is in the sponge. Now, that's the kind of picture that, that Jesus is using here of this permeating, empowering coming of the Spirit. Wow! I mean, that's amazing. Uh, and the scripture talks about baptism, talks about filling, empowering, just this, if, this coming on of the Spirit. And... I, you know, preachers talk like this and they're normally younger and good looking and you think, oh, they're going to, you know, and everybody gets excited and, and joins the queue. But then something happened and we joined a different queue. And it, it, I have to, you know, I, some of you will remember Toronto some years ago, everybody got on their aeroplanes. I got on the aeroplane. I got die, so everybody fall over and all that. I didn't, but do you know what I mean? And, uh, I, I, and I, I came back and, and there was something in my heart. Oh, I hope that isn't all it is. I, I hope that this does the stuff that beyond this, and it didn't really, despite the promise. 
And, 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 and it, it raises the question, this is the question I want to ask. What is the Holy Spirit for? What is the fullness of the Spirit for? What, what, what is the Holy Spirit about? What, 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 what is it that defines all that he does? Now, I, I think the clue is at the end of Luke's Gospel and at the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles. And I just want to just hit the note as clearly as I can that the Spirit of God is really excited about the Gospel. It's, he's, he's really into seeing lost people become found people. and Because that's what Jesus came, to seek and to save that which was lost. And at the end of the Gospel, when all that Jesus did has been described, that here the Holy Spirit is going to come, that we might do the same stuff. That seems to be the driver. And, and therefore, Luke begins by talking about all that Jesus began to do. And he describes that how Jesus, before their eyes, ascended to heaven alive. He descended physically. And, and as we sit here in St. Austell this morning, that Jesus is in the same form. He's, he's in heaven um, kind of ordering events. He, he's, he's, he's the commander of the, the, the operation. That, he's a, that uh, the writer to the Hebrews describes him ascending. And, and well, Paul in Philippians, he been, he's ascended and been given the name that's above every name. And there he is this morning, the Lord Jesus, exalted to the Father's right hand, interceding for us, putting in a word for us, inter intervening not only with the Father, but with what is going on here. That Jesus is, Luke describes the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles as Jesus launching something. That was what Jesus began to do, but now Jesus is doing this. That there's a program being rolled out Jesus is in heaven this morning, supervising something. And in verse 3, Luke tells us exactly, he says that there's a kingdom. That, uh, that, verse 3, after he suffered and showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days, speaking about the kingdom of God. Talking about this rollout program that was beginning then, but was going to go to the ends of the earth. Jesus is on a mission. Right? He's not gone up there to get out the way. He's gone up there in order to order and enable this program, this kingdom. Not, not a, a kingdom like the Queen's got, you know, that has a border with a shore. No, no, that this is, a, this is a, a sphere of influence. And when we become Christians, we come into the kingdom. We come under his rule. We, we, we bring ourselves through repentance and not, no longer going our way, but a people that say, Lord, you are my king, and I'm going to go your way. It's a total reorientation of life, whereby I own him as Lord and Saviour. And, and the kingdom comes. And the rule of Jesus comes in my life. 
and, and his particular interest and influence and shaping and presence just reigns. Oh, it's good, isn't it? And uh, that, that, that's the kingdom that the Spirit of God is excited about. It, there's something active and relentless and advancing. And all across the world today, you know, it's, it's, it's rubbish in Wales, really. I mean, the church is just on a downer. But you don't have to go very far to see the church of God just advancing. Just amazing. What God is doing today, particularly in the East. Now we met some, you know, people in Indonesia, you know, the, the, the Muslim government just doesn't quite know what to do with them. There are thousands of churches in Indonesia. Thousands. And in China, just the, the whole, whole areas have come to Christ and the communist government does not know what to do. I mean, the kingdom, the spirit of God is just doing the business. That, that, that's, that's why he comes and that's why he sends these apostles. Um, and uh, in verse 8, and uh, sending them all over the place and establishing new groups in St. Hostel. And where is it? Over there. Um, just constantly this, this kingdom extending uh, and the spirit of god is really excited about this there's a buzz at the beginning of the acts of the apostles we're we're part of his business it's this gospel that we were in an absolute hole that sin just my selfishness wickedness stubbornness pig-headedness rebelliousness had just isolated me from God, just like you. And I, I, I was in a lot of trouble. Uh, that if I died in that condition, that I would have faced the judgment of God and terror forever. That it's no trifling matter. But Jesus came and loved me and loved you and, and, and took our sin in his own body, in the sacrifice in the cross, and took it all off us. Oh. And rose again from the dead, and gave, sent the Spirit and gave us new... We have been rescued. Rescued. Thank you, Becky. We have been rescued. It's the gospel. It's good news. Lives are, are saved. We, we've been changed. Oh. Imagine that if you were still in your sin, just imagine if Jesus hadn't got hold of you those days or years. Whoa! And, well, the Spirit of God is really excited about this good news and he's filling us for this purpose. This is why the Spirit comes, because Jesus is on a mission. That's why the Spirit comes. That's the business. And if we turn it, I just want to bless me time, or I want some carpet time, whatever that was about, or I, you know, I, I, I just want to prophesy, or I want my fingers to tingle, or I want to see some gold dust coming down, completely missed it. The Spirit of God isn't into that stuff. And if I, I would go so far as to say, if you're in a meeting, and it's all about the work of the Spirit today, and you don't hear the cross, and there isn't an yearning. 
that God is giving you this stuff for the gospel, I think you've got every ground to question whether this is really the Spirit. Because he is so excited about lost people becoming found people. And, and individuals being joined to church families as, as gospel communities so that more people can come out of darkness into marvelous light. That's the deal. That's what he's into. And if he's going to fill you with, his, with himself, that's what you'll be into. He'll just kind of ignite you to it. Which brings me to the second point. I, I remember listening to a preacher some years ago, many years ago, so he's in heaven now, and uh, he, he described two cows um, standing by a motorway, leaning over the fence as the traffic went past. Right? And uh, as they were leaning over the fence and watching the traffic, this um, milk tanker came past. Remember milk tankers? Yeah, they, they used to have them. And uh, the milk tanker came past, and on the side of the, 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 the tanker it said, homogenized, sterilized, pasteurized, full cream milk. Ah! And one cow turned to the other and said, it makes you feel sort of inadequate, doesn't it? <laughs> and, and sometimes we, we can fail, feel the same about all this gospel stuff. And, and we kind of live in two levels. On the one hand, we think, yeah, God can do it. And then on the other hand, we're just, oh, and you're at work tomorrow morning and somebody asks you a really leading question. And you know that after this morning, you should just uh, jump in and give it the best welly you can. But just at the moment, you're just going to say, well, it's all about Jesus, stupid. Just as you're about to say that, that this doubt comes into your mind and you think, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I put him off? What, what if I start and I don't know how to finish? Have you ever been there? Does this ever happen to you? And uh, the, 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 the opportunity presents itself and then you just clam. A, a, a moment of self-doubt creeps into your spirit and you think, I better not, I better be safe. Don't want to put him off. He's heading to hell. But you don't want to upset him. <laughs> and 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 this is the this is this is the difficult moment really. We are to be witnesses. The Greek word is martyr. Oh well hang hung out to dry, are you no it doesn't it doesn't have we just put that idea on it. But it it's more that tomorrow you're going to be in the witness box and you're going to have an opportunity to speak what is true. That you're going to be on the spot. You're going to be just for that flickering moment in the hot seat and somebody needs to hear what you've got to say and you're going to have to tell them good news. And, and explain about this kingdom. It's very interesting. With the apostle, and as Luke records it, going through the Acts of the Apostles, how he talks so much about the kingdom, about the king, and how you're outside the kingdom, but you can come into the kingdom. 
you, you're lost, but you can be found. Uh, even when Paul, I've just finished, I, I read the scriptures through in a, in a search of scriptures in a program of reading, uh, and uh, I've just finished the Acts of the Apostles this past week, and uh, there he is, in, in fini- the Acts of the Apostles finishes with Paul in prison in Rome. Uh, house arrest, I'm not quite sure how, how tough it was, but he, he, you know, he's locked up. He has no personal freedom. He's, and people have to come to him. And it's about inviting the Jews and anybody else to come to him so he could explain the kingdom of God to them. Even when he's in prison and he's been banged up for years, he's still good newsing. He, he's, still, he's still at it. Which is why that here... Luke in writing, or Jesus, recording Jesus' words, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And, and think of you, there you are, tomorrow morning, and you are in the hot seat, you are on the spot, you're in the witness box, this person has just given you a golden or a, you know, a brass opportunity, and you just know you've got to take it, and the, the picture here is, that if you're in court, you, you have your own legal representative. And, uh, but in this case, he, he can come up right behind you when you're just in the dock, and, or in, in, in the witness box, and he can just whisper in your ear and tell you what to say. Wouldn't that be handy? That he, he, he's going to come and help you. You're not going to be on your own when you have... In, on the hot seat, the, 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 the council, your council is right there with you. The, this comforter, this, this paraclete, it is the one that comes alongside us and helps us to do this gospel stuff. Well, that, that puts a whole new perspective on it. That uh, the barrister is right here, eager to tell me and to help me to get it across. That that's what the Spirit of God is doing. He's not going to, it isn't all about having explained all what's going to happen in the sequence of eschatological events. No, rubbish. Forget it. That he, he's all about coming to help us be and tell good news. There's a, there's a lovely story that uh, one of the Welsh Puritans, a chap called Walter Craddock, uh, just amazing guy, and in one of his in one of his sermons, he he he's and he's writing in 1650s, so you know it's a while or two ago. And it, but it, he's describing this move of the the first move of the spirit in Breckenshire, and he says that that it's it's as if this the fire in the thatch. He said the the spirit of God is moving from one house, and as one house burns, the house next door starts burning. And he's saying that's how the gospel is spreading, like fire in the thatch. And, and then he says, these people are full of good news and they tell it to others. And you could just got this picture, uh, and they got the, that part of Wales had not seen, heard the gospel ever before, unless St. David, Dowie went there, but that's debatable. But, so that this, is, this is where the gospel is breaking new ground, which for centuries would be enormously fruitful. And it all started... By, by, by people being full of good news and telling it to others. And, and, the, and, and the lovely thing is, wherever you are tomorrow, the Spirit of God is coming with you. 
And he's going to be there and he'll help you know what to say. And sometimes he'll just put the words in your mind before you have to say them. And he's so excited that you are going to be the one to tell them what they need to hear about a kingdom. He's really up for it. He's really keen to help you. He knows that you're the one. You, you, you've got the opportunity, but, and, and you've got to do the telling, but uh, he's just there to help you to do it. Ah, oh, isn't that good? That's why he comes. That's why he comes on you. That's the purpose of the Spirit in your life, to, that you might go good newsing. Ah, well, that's why you're at work tomorrow. You, you weren't there just to make money. You were there for the opportunity, whether it's a golden opportunity or a brass opportunity, to tell good news. That's why he comes. The third reason why he comes, this, this ripple effect. And in some sense, I don't need to tell you, because you've already got it. But I, I'll just remind you what you've got so that you can enjoy it and keep doing it. Because there is a ripple effect. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts. The, the, the Spirit of God is, is always sending us out. He, he, he's never static. He, he, he rarely does the same thing in the same place twice. That uh, he, he, He's on a mission. Just, tell, just in case the person next to you doesn't get this, just turn to them and say, the Holy Spirit's on a mission. Go and tell him. Tell him, tell him. He's on a mission. Right? He's on a mission. He, he's on a mission. He, he's, not, he's not in. His primary objective is not to make meetings exciting so everybody comes into our meetings. No, no. no. His primary objective is, is to fill us with an excitement for the gospel and for good newsing and then to come with us to help, help us to do it. But part of the thing about good newsing is that it, it often takes us where otherwise we wouldn't go. And uh, we'll... Where are you going? Where are you off to? Liscard. Ah, that's good, isn't it? Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He, and it, it, it's inconvenient. It, it's, it's, it, it's a nuisance. Uh, it's demanding. It's costly. It's just disruptive, but he is. Ha! Welcome to the club. <laughs> he is. He, he's been sending people to places they had no other intention whatsoever to go anywhere like it for a long time. Hey, welcome to Cornwall. Because <laughs> that's what the Holy Spirit does. Oh, I need to feel and wobble and fall over. No! No! The Spirit of God is, is into you moving. And out of your comfort zone. And into a place of risk. And taking good news to people that sit in darkness who if it wasn't for you would never have it. That's what he's up to. He's on a mission. He's made us part of an international, multinational organization 
for improving the environment and personal cleansing and whatever else you want to call it, an educational movement, uh, a rescue mission. And we're all apart. We're all part of the same thing. And he comes when we go. And we've got it the wrong way round. And I think the myth came out of Wales. That what will happen is we'll all sit here feeling forlorn and miserable. And we're preferably dressed in black with a tie on, right? And, and we'll, just, we'll just be doing religion. And then the, the, the Spirit will come and we'll all start going. It'll just all be so much easier then. I, I'm not sure there's any evidence in the New Testament unless you take the Acts of the Apostles, which was the launch, I'm not sure there's any evidence in church history that the Spirit of God came before people started going. And uh, some years ago, I, I, you know, take the Bible, any other Bible Christians, Shebir and all that? Well, you ought to know, because they were coming from a bit over there. It was the Gospel, when they just got the Gospel, and just insisted on taking the gospel, that's when the Spirit came. That we think of George Whitfield and John Wesleyan, that the guys were moved by the gospel. When did the revival start in the 18th century? When did it start? Did it, did it just drop down from nowhere in the Holy Club and they all, no, no, no. That, that if we go, he comes. If we go, if we move, if, if we step out, if, if we head for Judea from Jerusalem, and, and maybe, you know, you're going to go the, to the house next door. You may go to Ongo Bongo land, that's fine. You might even go to Wales. Or, you know, wherever you might, you, you think that Wales is Samaria. You know, they look like us, but they're not the same. Well, that's what they think about you. Only we tell them not to go. Joke. But that's why he comes. Just tell the person next door to you, that's why he comes. It's because of the mission. He, he comes when we go. He, 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 he comes when we go. He, he's, he's all into this Liscard stuff. That, he's into that. That... When we start doing that stuff, we can expect him to come. The idea, if we just bunker down long enough, he will come, has got it completely wrong. He comes when we go. So that's what I just wanted to prattle on about for a little bit this morning. I want you to remember where Jesus is. I want you to remember who he is and where he is and what he's doing. He's directing a mission. He is exalted on high and he is in full control of mission gospel in Cornwall. 
And that's and for that purpose, he sent the Spirit, and the Spirit of God has come. <laughs> and he's come to help you tomorrow morning. That's the good news. And he's come to excite you. And if you... Uh, if this, if you're still on the outside looking in and you're not quite sure whether you're a real Christian or not yet, he's come to help you across the line. He will, if you'll open your heart, he will make Jesus just appear so wonderful. You just want more of him and forgiveness. That, that's all the great news. The bad news is that it might be slightly disruptive. And you might end up in Liscard. <laughs> Can I pray for you? Lord Jesus, we know that if you went to such lengths, and if this kingdom and this gospel is so important to you that you would hang on a cross to enable it, and Lord, if the Spirit of God has come to fire our hearts, to see lost people become found people, Lord, and if he will come and help me where I am this week, Lord Jesus, I need you to fill me with the Spirit. Lord, I want to get onto your page. I, I want to be excited about what you are excited about. I, I don't want to go out on a limb on my own. I want to go into a witness box with you right there with me, helping me to say the right thing. Lord, I don't want to stay here in some kind of charismatic party. Lord, I want you to plunge me into the Spirit so that the Spirit fills me and the Spirit is powerfully on me for this gospel's sake. And Lord, if I've asked this kind of, made this, asked this prayer before, and it was all about me wanting what everybody else has got. Lord, I, I'm sorry I, I was asking for the wrong thing. Lord, I pray, will you fill me powerfully? Will you come upon me as the anointing of God that I may really, effectively, excitedly Engage with what you want to do. I give myself to you for that, Lord, and ask that you will clothe me, clothe the church here with power from on high. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come. Come among us. Come in the mornings when we read the Bible. Come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and make me a bearer of good news. Come, come.